0: There are two teachings related to Pesach that are uh, on Gilgulim. Number one is Shara Gilgulim Akdama 20. Shara Gilgulim is the sefer that was written by Reb Chaim Vital, and um, there are actually two sefer uh, svareim on Gilgulim. One's called Shara Gilgulim, one's called uh, Sefer Gilgulim. I'm not sure what the difference is between the two, but there are differences. And Shtei Da So this is why. All of the Torah scholars in our generation—they are p'chinas an sheyder hamidbar. They're the level of the people who left Eretz Yisrael and passed away in the midbar. When the Arizal or Talmidei Arizal say p'chinas, very often it means gilgul, and that's what it means here as well. On these people, it says ki meit seis chameres esraim alenu niflois. So amudekataych in the pasuk ki meit seis chameres esraim alenu niflois. Like the days when you left Mitzrayim, I'm going to show you miracles. So who are we talking to? But actually, well, you're talking to the people who are going to see the redemption. So the reason, we know from here and from other places, the Arizal is saying, our this is going to be Mashiach, right? Ardur is going to be Mashiach. So the Ebersher tells us, just like the miracles you saw then, you're going to see now, you saw them. In other words, why is it relevant to tell me if I never saw the, the, the miracles then, it's not a point of reference for me. What do you... They're Like the miracles that I never saw, I never saw it. What do you, what? It's not a point of reference. No, you did see it. You were there. You saw Yitzhir's Mitzrayim. You saw all those things. And so you know what it was. I'm going to show you the Mitzrayim just like you saw then. So therefore, we could say, that's a new tich in the past. that all used. And uh, because of the fact that his dirt is a gilgal of the dirt that went out of Mitzrayim. Now he says, Homer de this is why <laughs> our wives <laughs> Our wives Dominate Why? <laughs> In the original uh, incarnation The made the ego And the men didn't make a And the men could have made a The men have the power to make a macho The women didn't give over their jewelry so, that showed a certain spiritual superiority in that generation. And therefore, when they were reborn again into this generation, women have more power than their husbands. And therefore, they are ruling over them, over the Baalei So, this is an interesting thing. Um, to, uh, what exactly was going on then? What did Arizal or the Chaim Vital see in the 1500s, where like, oh, there's a societal change. And, right, and, and it used to be that the women were more bottle and now not, like what did he see exactly we, well, I'm very interested to know what was the expression of that like, who saw, like, but I don't have any information so if anyone has any um, there's, a, there's a famous story there, when he said something with Mashiach and he said we have to ask the wives to so connecting that story Hmm. The other way around. That's interesting, no, but the fact that they asked they said we need to go ask our wives shows that the wives are that beside that's a good that's, came a good that's a good order that's a good order you so can link that one into of the this. Only that the stories about so <laughs> right that's also, there's not so many stories Maybe that we have from this it. is specifically connected to that story, meaning not that it's a, it's a societal thing but is Speaking about that story. Because so I'm going to see it. stops him from the yeah. I'm just we'll trying to... Could be. Could be. By the way, this yeah. teaching is here in Shal'a Gugulam and it's in one other place as well. A very similar teaching from, from La Rizal. So that's teaching number one about the, the, about, uh, about the generation that left Mitzrayim being reincarnated in the of La Rizal. It's important to point out here that often you heard you probably heard the phrase that our dir is the Gilgul of the dirt of the Yaisa in the Rebbe's Torah, also quite often, that our is a Google of Yetim Mitzrayim. Who, what's the Maramakim that the Rebbe sends? This. This is the Maramakim. So now, how are you supposed to understand this? This is the Maramakim. This is 500 years ago. So I'm not entirely sure. But you can understand why the Rebbe is saying that. Because the, the reason I was saying the der that's going to have Google our is the der of Yetim Mitzrayim. Okay. So. You could look at it as, okay, be stuck in 1530, 1540, 1570. Or you could say, whichever generation is technically going to be the door that's roy right for Gula, that generation is the goal of it. I don't know. It needs more thought, more clarity. But Akhopanim, what's for sure, is the <coughs> Malamokim for the Rebbe when he says, our generation is a generation that's the yet of Time is this, number one. And in case you're wondering, no, in the class, in the year, I did not say that. Uh, no, it applies to every generation. What was that? It may taste good. Uh, that puzzle will apply to every generation. So, okay. mm-hmm. But then you're applying to the results of the... the, result of the yeah. why, why was the result saying, he's bringing a proof from a puzzle, right? But that puzzle only applies to the generation. Well, I, I, I just uh, before we answer the question, I don't think he's bringing a proof. He's inserting a tach into the puzzle. That puzzle applies. Just not that shot in, the, in, in, in this particular in, in in shomer, there's the site.: so the I site. So I'm saying that only applies to that generation. The, I, mean. the, I think we would say that, based on the, what the rebbe is saying, I think we would say that this. I don't know how this works. Let me let me be clear. I don't. We're talking about one side. I don't know how this works. This is like mystical stuff, right? But I think you would say, yeah, I can say the same thing about Ardern. We are a gilgul of the was of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and so therefore we were the ones who witnessed those miracles then, and so it's a point of reference for us, and that we'll see it in the future. Now the question is, how could it be true for the year 2021 and the year 1521 at the same time? That I don't know the answer. No, I'm saying according to this, then we don't so this goes into the whole conversation of when a God be a Thrall says Mashiach is supposed to come at a certain time and it doesn't happen we have a very long history of, of that and that's a topic for itself that we need to I don't know I may have to check we may have done a Shear on that once I don't remember but there's a, we have a long history of that of Thrall saying now at the time and it's a separate thing we say it, the, the, okay you know what let's, let's stay on track that's teaching number one okay. Teaching number two Bye. about Gilgal and Yosem Itzrayim is Galus from Itzrayim. Also from Chaim Vital, text two and Pri Et Chaim. Call in Yonah Loi Hoy Arakl and Neshama. Say hey, the Gaulus was to cleanse their souls. Therefore they came in the Gaulus, the big Gaulus from Maros Chaim. B'alveda Kasha B'Chemer V'Alavinim, and they were lighthearted or embittered with the mortar and brick. Corresponding to the choymer, the mortar and brick of the generation that built the tower of Havensites, understand this. What's his argument here? The argument here is the generation of the Zeraf Laga was Nisgaugel in, in the generation that we had Shibud Mitzrayim. And that explains why they have to engage in the same activity that was done in the earlier gener- generation. We have a seat right here. All right. Uh, uh, done in the earlier generation in order to fix uh, the chest that happened then. This there's a whole other theme. And that is the theme of a later generation suffering to be misaken for the chet of an earlier generation. By the way, it's interesting because it's yiddin and Daraflag is not yiddin. But that's, there are other examples of this in the Torah of Gilgulim as well. But the broader point is suffering. You have this as a major subcategory within uh, the story of Gilgulim. So for example, you have a sefer called Shoyr Shishai. If you remember a few weeks ago before Purim, we did a share on the Manas Halevi. The Manus Halevi's names are Al Ma'akabats. And he wrote one Sefer on the Megillah Esther. He wrote another Sefer on Megillah Rus that we read Shavuos or that we don't read. No, we read Shavuos. Shavuos by night. And he says over there, his Sefer is called Shoydish Yishai, because Rus is the Shoydish of Yishai. And he writes over there as follows The Gemara says that there's Tzadik Vetovloi and a Tzadik Veralah. We have to understand, and we learn Chassidus, we understand Tzadik Vetovloi, it's different from what the Gemara means we say Tzadik the means a Tzadik who's complete Toy within him. In Gomorrah, Tzadik the means a Tzadik with a good life. Tzadik Varaloi is a Tzadik who, despite being such a good person, has a bad life. Russia the tovloy, a Roshah, who, despite being such a wicked person, has a good life. And Russia Veraloy, a Russia who, probably because he's a wicked person, has a, a negative life. And the Gomorrah goes on to ask, how is this possible? How could you have a tzaddik v'toy, makes no sense, how could you have, a rosh It makes no sense, how could God, allow such a thing to happen, okay, huge topic, huge discussion, right, the Gemara gives, a simplistic answer, to this question, you want to know, a tzaddik v'toy, because Sadik ben rasha, meaning his father, was a rasha, and if you learn the Gemara, on nigla level, you say, that although he, is not having punishment, for his sins, he's having punishment, for his father's sins, that's the Pashtun. Rasha v'toyblay. The Gemara says it's a Rasha ben Tzaddik. His father was a Tzaddik. Therefore, he's having prophet in his life, even though he's a Rasha. That's the, the Gemara on a very basic pshat level. Comes along Reb al Alkabetz, who was a mekovel and said no 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 no. It's a deeper t- pshat here. When you say Tzaddik ben Rasha has suffering, it doesn't mean his father was. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean his father was a Rasha. No, it means in a previous Gilgal, Tzadik ben Rasha, in a previous Gilgal, he himself was a Rasha, now he's talking Tzadik, but one second, we have to fix up the suffering of the previous generation, like he built, in an earlier life, he built the Tower of Babel, and now he needs to fix it up, and the other way around, it could be it's a Rasha ben Sadik who has a lot of good in his life. Why? Because in the earlier, Gilgal, he was And it was deserving reward. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. So he came back. He's a rasha, because he has p'chiru But the Ebesher has to give him his thing. So this is how the Shaydush Yishad of Shlema al kabet explains this. So let's just read inside, briefly in text 3. Al-Kain soyivlim avoinus The later generation suffers the earlier generation. V'hi that is the secret meaning of what the Gemara says: Tzaddik ben Rasha, Kolaymer Shalay Rasha Mikaydim, not the son of a Rasha, but he in a previous Gilgul was a Rasha. The Rasha V'Toyvloy is a Rasha ben Tzaddik. A Rasha was a good life is because he's the son of a Tzaddik. What does that mean? Shalay Tzaddik Mikaydim. He was a Tzaddik earlier. K'nidruf the for Abuyer. Sefer Abuyer is a Kabbalah Sefer that uh, is quoted by Ramban and other him and uh, Sefer Bar makes this point pretty clearly that this is the title of Gemara this is the secret uh, behind Eov Eov is a false Sefer in Tanakh all grappling with suffering I never learned it so I don't know what it says there a few things here and there, but I don't know what it says there. But he tells you, I'll tell you, you want to know the long and short about the uh, E Suffering? He was a Gilgal from, uh, from earlier, Russia. kakas as it says in the secret books, meaning Kabbal, E was a Gilgal of Tarach, and all the suffering was because of, uh, of Tarach. So this uh, corresponds to text 2, because text 2 showed us the concept that a later generation is suffering the uh, sins of the earlier generation in reincarnation. And here you're seeing that it's, it's laid down as a broad principle. Uh, there are many sources on this uh, topic. Now, fine. Al is an introduction. We're going to circle back to suffering a little at the end, and we'll say something a little more from the Rebbe about the topic of reincarnation and suffering at the end. But the bottom line is, if you look in any Kabbalah sefer, you're always going to find when he explains someone was a Gilgal from another, it is, oh, very often there's going to be, and that's why he suffered in this and this way, because it was being an attacked in something from the earlier generation. So this is a general hagdom. Now, what I want to do here, which I think is a, is a little bit of a unique angle to this subject, there were G'dayli Yisrael, toilet greats, who wrote against the concept of Gilgal. The common denominator between those who wrote against the concept of Gilgal is that they were not Mecobolim. In other words, there's no such a thing as a mekubal that's against mekubal. It's not shaykh. You did have some daily am some to show you, a little some later, who they came out against it. They were not mekubalim, and they said they have objections. Some of their objections were with the reason. They explained why. They don't like the idea. And when I was looking into the subject once, I found it interesting and fascinating, but one of the things I noticed was that if you look at the reasons why they object to Gilgal, you realize that them and the Meqbalim are not having a conversation. In other words, as you're going to see, Chastai Kreskas is a person we're going to talk about soon, the Ikrim, some of these people. They spoke about problems with Gilgal, but those problems were only premised on certain foundations that Meqbalim and B'lana didn't have. In terms of what is the nefesh, in terms of what is the purpose of life, and What I realized was that based on what they understood to be the nefesh, and based on what they understood to be the purpose of life, it was automatic that you can't say Gilgul happens. But once you have a different model for what a nefesh is, and once you have a different model of what the purpose in life is, then automatically all those objections fall away. So that's the bulk of our time today is going to be uh, geared to that. So the first one, text four, is... What are they arguing about Gilgul? If they're not in Kabbalah, they don't know Kabbalah. Like, they wouldn't know... Because they know know Nefesh. The philosophers dealt with the Nefesh. And therefore, they feel they have a right to talk about it, as you'll see. So, Reb Chastai So, he's a little less well-known because he doesn't have Niggalus for it. But he was a real god of Yisrael. He lived in Spain. You see his dates over here, 1340 to 1411. He's a contemporary of the right? We learn Rabin Unisim on the side of the rift. He's the same uh, generation uh, as him, and he, he's quoted like Ben Derech uh, Betesecha. The Tzamach Tzadik quotes him. He, his more he wrote books on Jewish philosophy. Sefer, his main sefer is called Oyr Hashem. That's his main sefer. So he writes like there. In te'atek nefesh adam Is it possible that the soul of a person should move or have a uh, an, a a, a uh, an atzilos situation? And we are part of the soul moves to another person a certain group calls this Gilgal so does this happen or not however because I previously explained that if you want to know what a human soul is yes, the human soul is a potential for intellect that's what the human soul is so therefore, ha'yanire would seem to me ba that movement of the soul from one person to the next Dover is impossible. for anyone who actualized their potential of seichel. Let me explain what he's saying. What he's saying here is as follows: I previously, in the sefer Oyv previously explained that what he gets into the whole discussion as all, by the way, all good philosophers. This, what is the nefesh? What is it? We know this this concept of a nefesh, something beyond the body that's within the person, something not Gashenius that's within the person. But what is it? What is the nature of this thing? Okay. So we today jump to say, it's a chilek aleka al mamish, and that's, that is an example of l'kshiyafusimaneh sa'cha chutzah, the idea that every person on the street, that's, and by the way, it's not only Chesidim today, you go into, into uh, Bnei Brak and, and Lakewood and you ask them what's a Nefesh? They're going to say more or less the concept of <laughs> <laughs> the used to not be that way. It used to not be that way. This was one of the secrets of Kabbalah and they, they had a whole different model. So what the, So this is discussed. Rambam discusses it. All of the names discuss this question. So Hasay Kraskas his explanation was that the Nefesh is potential for Sechol. You want to know what it is? It's a thing that's capacity for Sechol. That's the human soul. Now, you could not actualize it. a person never uses his mind, he never actualized his soul. If a person uses his mind, you actualize your soul, you gain knowledge. That knowledge in this model becomes part and parcel of the nefesh itself. The nefesh is potential for seichel. So then when you understand something, it becomes a part of your nefesh. So now, this is what he explained earlier. He says, once you explain that, so how are you supposed to understand Gilgal? You're going to say that entity... That if now actualized Sechel moved from this person to this person, what's the problem, he's going to say? Then where's all that knowledge? All that knowledge that Reuven had should be in person B, in Shimon. Why? The nefesh is tach That is what the nefesh is. So gilgal of the nefesh means that the, now the actualized seichol of Reuven should move to Shimon. So why does Shimon born uh, Amaris Ignoramus, as he continues so, don't to don't say? To Hold on, let's continue, read, finish reading the text, then we'll take the question. Uh, and the reason why it's not Shayeh is Shekvar, Yish, Shayeh, Bishani, Sheyulad, Maskil, Bepoil, Bezulah, Slimud. The second person who is born should have active intellect meaning actualized intellect without learning and this is contrary to what we see in actual fact not only today, but in all ages of history we never heard of such a thing of children being born with knowledge so by God like the Loshen and or something like that the only way out of this problem is to say that God hits a factory reset before he takes the nefesh, which is seichel actualized. that has been actualized. He hits a factory reset, and now it puts it back into other person. But he's like, why would like? But why? Like, what's the? What, why would God want to do that? The tachlis he do Maybe God knows why he wants that to happen. So this is his issue, his objection with it, which you could already understand. It's all premised on a certain understanding of what the nefesh is, which equals this problem. Now he ends end off with a very interesting line. Because the group that teaches Gilgol, so they are found, there, it's a Kabbalistic group. The, the investigation, hakira philosophy is closed. In other words, you can investigate with our premises that we have, that we use to understand things, we can't penetrate kabbalah so in kabbalah if it's a tradition the kabbalah will of we'll accept it happily this is just a small there were times where the khaykrim and the kabbalah win each other very very hard and they said you know it, 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 all out war you don't have that here it's like, He's okay if this is a tradition i'm going to accept it but here's my 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 obj- what i don't understand about it here is what i'm telling to you okay. you're saying kabbalah is in like kabbalah or kabbalah is in tradition yeah, so I typed this last one in Kabbalah, meaning if it's a tradition, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas you say the the Kabbalah, also, you say, there I'm not sure, I can go both ways. But earlier when he said um HaChem and Gilgul, oh no, the truth is he didn't use it earlier. Yeah, so you can go both ways with the word Kabbalah here. You could say it's like a tradition, tradition without one that's understood or being understood. Okay, so this is one example. I should mention here, I didn't, uh, I didn't include it in the text because it's not so relevant today. Our focus here is all about Gilgal from one person to another. There is another whole concept, it's not we are not talk about it today, maybe another time, and that's Gilgal into an animal, or doymim, semeach, chai, and that type of thing. Rabsadya Goin has a sefer called Amuniz Vedeis. He's much earlier than Amchafstei Kreskas, He lives in the 900s. And in Amuniz Vedeis, he takes strong issue with Gilgul, but if you look, everything that he's saying is against, most, uh, most of what he's saying at least, is against Gilgul and animals. So really, if we do a class on Gilgul and animals, we'll come back to that. But I just felt I should just mention that because of, uh, he's a, just a famous name. It's interesting. So they knew enough to know the, the Mkubalim hold of Gilgulim, but they didn't understand...
1: Correct. They were aware
0: of the fact that Jews were saying. The Kabbalah this, yeah. didn't explain themselves, or, or they just didn't hold of it. Yeah. argued. That's an interesting question. I'm I'm not sure. That you really need to know what their in their connection into relationship was. Also, which which things which writings were popular on this before the Arizal. Right, it's another question. Like all the Gilgal Swarm that I know of are from the Arizal onward is there you have references here and there but is there a sefer that's dedicated to explaining Gilgal before the Arizal I don't remember I don't they remember anything. Huh? I would think they didn't know anything the way right I you yep. no one knew anything well, it's interesting all right. okay that's number one number two the ikrim the ikrim is more famous the ikrim is more famous because he wrote a sefer the main object of the sefer was Ramah has yudgim alikrim he feels that while all 13 are true and are part of Judaism only three are foundational Only three are foundational. Um, Which ones? I don't remember. Skarbojic is one of them and, um, and uh, the Torah and God One, two, uh, three, he has three principles and he thinks that that's the and everything else is details it's not, shouldn't be part of 13 principles but along the way he does much more and he deals with Christianity and he deals with the Karoim and Siddukim and he deals with all the issues that a thinking Jew has to deal with in his day he's a contemporary of Rav Kraskas, Kreskas a little later 1380 to 1444 we also mentioned his name when we did the Shir on the Tortosa Disputation 1414 he was one of the people that was present uh, that was present there, so he says the following: From here, whatever he's talking about before, the chachamim called chachme akabala. Here it's clearly he's calling them kabalim, They have the belief in Gilgal. I don't like it. Why? If God chose to take a spiritual entity, namely a soul, and to put it into a body for the purpose of enabling it to have free choice, with features that's a huge advantage. Indeed, because of this reason of free choice within the human being, the angels made a mistake. As Chazal say in Rabbah when man was created, the angels wanted to bow. Why do they want to bow to the human being? Because they don't have free choice. And, and man did. And so the, the angels were awed by that. So that's why it makes sense for a nefesh to come into the body to get free choice. Once a soul came into a body and experienced choice, why should it come back? So here you have to go back and say, one second, what's going on over here? You say, what? We do. Why do they put them in shaman the shaman? What do you mean? To be Mavar of the gulf and the uh, and the hatcha, and, 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 uh, and did it Okay, good. That's another example of Hafat Samayonis. If you asked him this question, he gave a different explanation. You know, so even in we learn that the purpose of creation is to give, bestow goodness. This is Al Allah God is sitting there with a whole bunch of Nafashis, and He looks at them, and they're very similar to Malachim. They have a lot of milas, but there's a major chasar. What's the chazarin? No free choice. A malach can't choose anything. Abishter has chiruchashas. He can do whatever he wants. A malach doesn't have chiruchashas. And a neshama l-amayla also doesn't have chiruchashas. It's programmed to do exactly what it is. Hashem looks at these nefashas nesh- and he says he wants to bestow on them a gift. What's the gift? That they should have freedom of choice so that they're more similar to the abishter. So how does Hashem give the nefesh this gift? He creates a world, and he creates a body, and he puts the nefesh into the body. Now the nefesh has a choice to make. Is it going to go this way, or is it going to go that way? Is it going to do good? Is it going to go bad? Is it going to be spiritual? Is it going to be material? And now the nefesh acquire the trait of t'chira. When they saw a human being, they right away bowed. Who has free choice? God! Now a human being has free choice. We're bowing to you. It was a mistake. But fine, you can't understand what's happening here. Okay, submission so accomplished. You gave him what you wanted. You gave him the Matana. He has the Matana now. Once he was down here in the Gulf, he had free choice. Submission so accomplished. So now why are you going to send it back again? Obviously, as you can tell so clearly, his objection to Gilgal is premised in a worldview that saw the purpose of life in a specific way, which automatically led him to say, Gilgal is not shy. That's objector number two. Objector number three is the B'yadaya ha'pnini. B'yadaya ha'pnini um, is, is some people mistake this and say it's the Rashba. So it's not the Rashba. What happened over here? So what happened here is as follows. The Rashba has nev- would have never said, never said in. The Rashba would have been already a mainstream objection. That would be a little surprising. What happened over here is as follows. Why do people think it's the Rashba? It's cited in the response to the Rashba. Okay, we once spoke about, we did a shear on the controversy related to the Rambam's works. There were multiple chapters in this long story of the controversy around the Rambam's works. And this, there, we call say that there are three phases. One was the Rambam. One was after the Rambam passed away where the Rambam's forum were burnt, and we spent our time on that, uh, on that uh, topic. And then there's the third one. The third one is during the time of the Rashba. And basically some communities in, 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 in Provence, they wrote to the Rambam, to the Rashba, who was the God of too much philosophy learning, they're learning they're coughing too much on that it's coming at the expense of learning other important things in Yiddishkeit and there's not being so miser and so this is a problem we need to make a ban, we need to make a chenem against the learning of philosophy when we say philosophy it meant both say, learning Greek text or Arabic text but also including learning things like and other things like that Jewish texts that deal with philosophy so the Rashba made a the Rashba made a cheirem, he issued a cheirem, he said, the said, I don't remember the details, until you are, I don't know, 25, 30, I don't remember right now, 35, you could check, you, a person, you should not learn any of this stuff, until they're older, this was a cheirem that the Rashba put out, and many of the killers, saw the Rashba, the Godel, the major Godel Adur, said this, and many killers uh, uh, followed. Now, uh, the people who kacht, in philosophy, and some of them were very, very, very mahadramina Mahadrim, But to them, this was so important, that they should learn this stuff this was part of their, their Judaism. They were obviously very mad. They were very, very upset. And so Yedaya Hapinini was one of them. He was not a Godel, the Israel, as far as we know. He was uh, into philosophy. And he wrote a, uh, a letter to the Rashba. And he explained why the Rashba is wrong. Why he thinks the Rashba is wrong. And philosophy is great because of this, and this, and this, and this. All these reasons philosophy is great. And here he's going to give one of the reasons that he thinks. Of, so it, when they printed the Shalosh Shuvos which by the way is one of the first Svarim that was printed within the first ten Svarim that I ever saw a printing, brother, Shalosh Shuvos Rashi the Shuvos of the Sefer. It's definitely the first Shuvas that were printed. It was printed still in the 1400s. So the so they, they, I guess they found Yedaya Pini's letter to the Rashba in the collection, so they published it there. Okay? But it's not the So what does he write there? He writes from one of the benefits of learning Hakira is is negating the belief of some of the earlier ones, Niskar which is spoken about in the books about Nefashas, google In other words, one of the benefits of philosophy is it negates reincarnation. Why? Because it's terrible. Gilgul is terrible. Why? <speaking in Hebrew> because Gilgul is harmful to one of the foundations of our faith. I'm very from. amazing. <speaking in> because <Hebrew> Gilgul is harmful for tzias How so? Because if two or three bodies only have one soul, <speaking in Hebrew> so it, how are gonna? How are you gonna have two or three of them? So therefore, if you believe in Gogol, then you're essentially not believing in Chis HaMazan, and that's no good. So Rashwa, please, allow us to learn philosophy, because if you study philosophy, and you already know, from if you study philosophy, you're not going to accept the concept of Gilgal. This is objector number three. Objector number four, and this is going to be the last objector that we're going to talk about, this much later, comes from re- recent, recent times. This is Samson of so I'll just chaser what he writes in his commentary to uh, to uh, to Bredeus. he writes as follows so you know it's interesting the Egyptians he writes believe in uh, reincarnation that's what he writes the Egyptians believe in reincarnation number one number two the, the ancient Egyptians number two the Egyptians used to mummify bodies and build these huge graves the pyramids they're essentially a place for burial many places where, where uh, kings are buried. So they would mummify bodies and build these huge tombs for their glory. So what do you see here? He could, the way he sees this is that to them, it's the opposite of what the Alta Rebbe The Rebbe that we want to have Nefesh Iker and tafel. So he sees this phenomenon as exactly the opposite. The body, you mummify, you want it to last. You build a huge monument over the grave. But that's about the body. It's where the body is resting. So it's making the gulf very, very icker. The nefesh, he says, the Egyptians say, doesn't have a home. Doesn't have a home. Which is why it bounces here, it bounces there, it on the nefesh, and then it bounces there, it bounces there. Why this comes, he says, from Ashgafa, that sees the Nefesh as toughal, as secondary, as unimportant. So unimportant, it doesn't have a place to go, and therefore it bounces around. The guf, oh, that's really important, that's really chashev. And so therefore, they mummify it, and they keep it, and they, put, they bury it with food and drink, and with servants and pictures, and, and huge monuments. Then he says, this is a contradistinction to Jews. His language is a little subtle here. He doesn't come and say, we don't believe in reincarnation. His language is a little subtle. It would be very hard for a Gadol Israel in the 1800s to go to use that language. But what he does say is, we're different. We believe that the nafesh is ikr. The nafesh is ikr. And the guf we put in the, in the ground after we pass away. And what happens? It decomposes. The guf is tafel, And the nafesh is ikr, It's important. And, and, and the implication... The implication, the strong implication is, and the message goes back the of and doesn't bounce around from place to place because it has a home and it's 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 it's, it's strong where it goes. It's, it's comfortable, and 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 the implication is that this his objection to google if it's an objection, and I think it is, you would say is. What do you mean? The soul doesn't have a place to go. It's bouncing around. It's homeless. It doesn't make this nish passage for a neshama to say such a thing. That, if you would qualify what he says as an objection to Google, it would be that. Kind of welcome just to clarify something that I said. I said it would be difficult in the 1800s for a Golobisol to write against Google, While it is true that in the 1300s, only people writing about this are Mikobalim, that changes. And I don't have an exact date for you. But by the time you get into the 1700s, and definitely the eighteen, but even the 1700s, you have like Marsha, that uh, he's already earlier. The writing earlier, he's in the 1600s. But you have the Marsha, and then later the Noy Dabi Hoda people, who have no, very little, if any, background in Kabbalah. And they're still they're writing about Gilgal in a normal way. So, In other words, it ma- enters the mainstream of non-Kabbalist commentary in the 16th, 1700s, and that's why you're not going to find someone who's coming out in, in the way you had it in the, in the earlier generation. Okay, now, so what are the, the, Kabbalist, the Kabbalistic responses to this, uh, uh, to this uh, question? By the way, I saw just... Uh, I was thinking I felt a little guilty that I'm just pulling a shear out because I didn't have a shear. So, so I'll check, connect to the Parshish of Shavua. So this week we'll learn about Nodav Naviu. So there's a mimer from the Rebbe uh, addressing the beer of why Pinchas, the one who killed Zimri, why and how he is a Gilgal of Nod of Anaviyu. An when i went on Messiris Nefesh, Chloys HaNafesh. They went on Messiris Nefesh, Chloys HaNafesh. Right? That's the way we and Kabbalah understands their act. It wasn't stam; They walked into the of Samintosh. But they went on. They wanted to cleave to God. And this is what they did. So they have a Ratsu without a Shuv. They had inspiration without any grounding. So it's Messirus Nefesh. And what did Pinchas do? Because also did Messirus Nefesh. And Pinchas Messirus Nefesh was a ticker because he put his life at risk. In Paragach rambam uh, yesterday or today, I don't remember, we learned that um, the din of Kano and Pohigiboy. and one of the things we learned is that if the guy turns around he could kill he could kill the potential killer Zimri can kill Pinchas so it's a major Mitziris Nafesh that Pinchas went on and that positive Mitziris Nafesh was a tikkun for the negative Mitziris Nafesh and this is a mimer from the Rebbe where he said okay so how the makabalim respond? so the makabalim responds very simple to each one of the claims the issue of the Neshama Neshama is not seichal so Neshama is not seichal the Mekobalim started to hear you have from the Ramban uh, is the Mach. Mok- this is one of the Mekoidis that al Rebbe uses in Tanya when he says, It's from the Ramban in Bereshis. He talks about the Nefesh, doesn't come from the Yesodis. That's the Lashon. He's Spanish, the Ruach of the Ebishtir. It's a Chelot from the Ebishtir. And here he there says, the When you blow, Man is created by breath. Blowing is mamish. You're giving your nefesh into the other person, and that's the symbolism of when we say God created Adam, Adam, in a way, and where he's and uh, where he's blowing ruach Shamah Godol. That's what a nefesh is. The lashon of of, of uh, Tanya is, is Mamesh taken from Lakut Teira of Ruchamitah. Look at text nine. Hashama cheleka mal v'hem is amet tovim misavet tovim lalay tzovei tzovia. Hashama cheleka mal. That's Parak Beis Tanya to an aspect of by the way here you see the deal where say and what did the Alta mean with the word Mamish why is that a question because we could tell he added the word the Arizal didn't have the word Mamish and this is the earliest marker for this there are people who sometimes say there's a Pasuk that says it's a mistake there is a Pasuk in the EO that says but it's not talking about the Neshama it's the context is Receiving a chilek, really, when you say in Yiddish, that's the original meaning over there. It does not mean the neshama. So it's, the Arizal used the lotion of the Pasik. but the mocker. this is the mocker. the word chilek ale kamimau, the Alter added the word mamish, and that's why Chizim and the Rebbe explain what is he adding with the word mamish? Al-Kapanim, once you understand that the neshama is a divine spark, so there's no reason to assume that when the divine spark leaves Reuven and goes into Shimon, why should it have memory? Just like it's so Pashat. And it was the HaChasai Kresa. It's not going to have toenails. It's not going to have the person's uh, shoulders and arms and legs. Why? Because what does that have to do with an Shama? Nothing. So it shouldn't transfer. So the, so the same thing, Seichol is the same thing. It's also, relatively speaking, it's a chitseinistiki thing that has nothing to do with the neshama. And when we speak about gilbol, we're not talking about that. Your nefesh is on his goggle. In other words, Kassak Kreskas is right. His nefesh has no gilbol. It's the nefesh of the nizl that can go from one. Uvamela, his question comes off automatically. That's number one. What about the ikrim? So the ikrim, the mekubal, he said, what's the purpose? The purpose was to gain free choice. So the Muqabalim spent a lot of time explaining what the purpose of the Neshama coming down into the world is. And once you understand what the purpose is, it's automatically understood why it needs to sometimes come a second and third time. In a nutshell, what's the beer? The Neshama comes down into this world to be the Ulamitzis. All the and yes, if the Neshama wasn't successful in fulfilling all the mitzvahs, then it's going to come back to continue. And it's to learn, to make all the mitzvahs and to learn all of Torah. Let's read that inside. Number 10 is Shara Golgulim 16. O Yitzhak Shateidah, you should know in Salah all the time. No, no, no. It's all this and that. Ki Adem Sarak Lekayim Kala Tayag mitzvah <in Hebrew> v'mayseh, v'dibur, Every Nefesh has to do all 613 mitzvahs. Then loy Kala Tayag and the of the is, you need to do all six hundred thirteen and all six hundred thirteen on three levels. So in other words, sukkah is not enough to be mukayim the mitzvah sukkah b'maisa. You also have to mukayim mitzvah sukkah b'machshava and b'dibor. And likewise, all mitzvahs. So more thought needs to go into exactly what that means. I, I didn't spend the time thinking about that. Al-Khopanim, Mukhoyov is Gagal Ache You have to finish all them. Oy Oidaki, other Mukhoyov lasted, betoyer, betal, madag, Shisman and Pardis, him chat, them is drush soid. It's of Shis Gagal Ache this Alta Rebbe brings Allah. Alta Rebbe, first of all, the first part Alta Rebbe brings in Tanya. The only time in Tanya it brings Gilgal, the only time it brings Gilgal is in Parak Lamazayim. This Nikodah, every nephesh has to be in 613 mitzvahs. Every spark, every mitzvah. And it comes down, and in order for it to have its tickle, it has to do that. That's the only time in Tanya. And by the way, Chzid's Chabad doesn't talk so much about Bilbo. The, it's You have a few references. This is one of them. Why? Because very negative B'poil. Chzid's Chabad's focus was B'poil. This is very negative B'poil. To know, yeah, I, it gives me more merits that I need to do certain mitzvahs, and I have to have for those mitzvahs. In the Rebbe in Hochos he brings a second teaching here. The second teaching, and it's, by the way, in the Geriz HaKodesh also, that every neshama has to learn P'sha, remez, Drush, and soid, We'll talk about these four levels in a second. And he says, and you need to finish all of them, and in Tani's Moses and every yid has to be Mechadish in all four areas. Mechadish. And every neshama which means you need to come and develop something new, you have to, c- new territory, in each one of these, and it's, m- 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 it's Im- imperative, lashlamas that's the lashon al al there, and, and this is, these are, so, so okay. what's the purpose, you didn't come here to get free choice, sorry, that's not, in the other model, the other model is, God created the world to bestow goodness, you have a lot of so the ikrim is working within that model, bestowing goodness, this is not about bestowing goodness, this is about tikkun, when the Shabbat comes down for tikkun, okay, so uh, yeah, it's going to take time to make these tikkunim, to enable these tikkunim. Um, oh, Pardis, So I'm pirates. Pshat, we know what it is. By the way, the Rebbe said explained that in Pshat there's many different madrigas in Pshat. It's not like Pshat's one, one level. Remember? Rashbam and Rashi. Very good. So that's Pshat. Lem Lemez is actually confusing. There are two different interpretations of what Remez is. There's a little confusion about this topic. The Mekobalim say about Remez one thing, and the Choykrim say about Remez another thing. The Choykrim to Remez as allegory. Allegory would mean, if you take a story in the Torah, the truth is, does this also sometimes, and you say, Avram represents Seichel, and Sara represents the Guf. And Avodav, Lechmacha, and Avram is. So that is an allegorical explanation of the Torah. The Chokrim were very into that. They liked the allegorical explanations for all of the Torah, especially the miraculous aspects of the Torah. They really loved using allegorical explanations. So that's Remes. So that's one interpretation of Remes. One second. Then there's the Makobalim. Makobalim, like, what are you talking about? The allegory with. No. Manashik. If it's uh, I'll, I'll piece to this. so then allegory, then it's Soid. That's Soid. And their allegory, no, <laughs> we, don't, we don't like that at all. So they interpreted Remez to be more uh, the style of, um, of uh, the Rebbe's father's Torah, for example. Feeling a lot of gematriois and, and breaking down letters and the letters being codes for different things. So that's more of uh, the Mechobalim. So that's Pshat Remez. And, and by the way, in Kuntz Yonah Shoteros I it's, it's, tried figuring out which one the Rebbe uses Rames. Which one is it? I'm still not clear on that. Anyway, then drush, drush is is a typical Gemara medrash. Anytime you have a Pasik, and then we say a kal a binyanav, a Shava. we we make their extra word. It's missing a word, and from here we learn this din or whatever. That's the world of drush, not Rashi's speeches. And side is side is uh, is kabbalah. Fine. So these are the four areas Can of you it. Say the. Remes? The truth is that if you go with the mekubalim's version of Remes, there's a lot of overlap between the two. Soid would be more you're talking about olim and whatever, whereas Remes would be more focusing on the words and the gematria and things like that. But yeah, there is a lot of look. You look at the Rebbe's father's Torah and you see that there's a lot of uh, overlap between Soid and between Remes. Yeah. What was the Mitzvahim so mad about when the um, Shneibers and Metallica um, ...saying that it's something to do with uh, 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 the... There's, ...there's parties. Anything you're not used to, you get mad about, I guess. That's what uh, I had a face Of course, the gra has this, uh, has, you know, so I'm not sure. I don't know. Need to look into it to see it. Was it I I don't know. Face The weather was also terrible there. <laughs> okay. So... Um, now here's an example just for the concept because we spoke about you missed the mitzvah so you need to be mosh here's an example because I was giving a sheer uh, Pesach so I threw in another Pesach reference so you have from Rame Ophano Rame Ophano his name is Menachem Ozaria okay Menachem Azaria of Ophano Fano is in Italy he lives in the same door pretty much as Reb Chaim Vital he also has a lot of Kabbalah's for him but it's like it's his own track in Kabbalah. It's not uh, not everything there is mastered to the Kabbalah of Ariza. But here's this beautiful thing there. He says First days of Pesach. Um, excuse me. The wife of Moish Rabbeinu was Nizgav Galin Tzvora. Why? Right. She wasn't there. Vayishma Yisro brought Tzipayra later he says, I missed the, the mitzvah of Shira. And then he said, because <laughs> he did the He said, because he did so she was zayicha to come as a gilbol into Devira, lasha shira zuai day and she did the shira of Devira. Here's an example. If you say I don't know if it's one of the mitzvahs, but one of the mitzvahs of davening or the mitzvah of giving thanks to Hashem halal hanayda. She missed it the first time around. She had to have a special schos the mashmolus series. because she did the mitzvah of mila, where she was zayicha to do this, uh, do this later. Okay. Now, Ah, the huh? they are both at the same time, not the traditional Go nope no. Dvoira and we're talking about remember that long aftoira? Pashas bashalakh we have a very long after about dvoira and barak, that's like in the time of the shoif so it's a little later. Um yeah. Okay. Now suffecsikh the shaila, so that means if my nephesh came to to uh, for certain mitzvahs or fit certain is there a way I can figure out what mitzvahs and averas they are? So that Amak, who's the rebel of Rizah, so he has a few svarim, his famous safer, always quoted in Sid, Kamaimara pardis, Kamayimara, Pardus, the Pardus, the this is Ramak. But he has another safer called Shir Koima. And in Shir Koima, he says as follows. Ain me, by the way, in the Rebbe's library, there is, um, there is, what do they have there? They have there. Actually, our library. Like, yeah, you're right. It's fine. The Rebbe's library, our library, whatever. It's all, the Rebbe and us, all the same thing. Right? That's what the Rebetzin says. Yeah, right? all, all the same thing. There's something there. I'm trying to remember. I think it says the Pardis. It's the Pardis that is there. The, it, it's a tfus, But it says, they think that it was the Ramak's own copy. Anyway. So it says like this. she'yeda There's no one in the world who knows whether they are a gilgul or not unless you receive the tradition but you can't figure it out Maybe you're going to wonder why don't I remember my previous lifetime? So he gives like five reasons why it's good that we don't Here's a good one It's very simple Imagine you remember your previous incarnation. You're walking down the street. You see that guy. What do you mean? He killed me last time, right? Could you imagine what type of society we're going to be living in? So we don't want that. So therefore, we don't uh, we don't have any memory of the previous life. One second. I need to know what mitzvahs and to be careful about. So how would I figure that out? This is embedded in the character of a person. besides the difas hanashama mitzvah, when the Anishama has a certain pursuit, likes to pursue, and has a love for a certain mitzvah, or if the yitzahara you're having a very difficult time with something. So, in other words, like this, the truth is this: you have a lot of letters of the Rebbe without referencing the Ramah. You have this idea, and that is it. And sometimes, without even mentioning Gilgal, the Rebbe would say, "Every person has a purpose. And you should know that your purpose is in task the things that are hard for you. Or your purpose, or task the things, the mitzvah that you like. That's your purpose. How do you have both at the same time? The Ramak shows you how you have both at the same time. He divides it by mitzvah Vera. So, if you have a strong shemak in a certain mitzvah, that's actually so. It's an inclination of your nefesh. You're you're, you're attracted to something. Here, attraction means you're here for that. Your neshamah is here for that. The fact that you love the mitzvah of tefillin or whatever it is, it means your neshamah is here for that. In a previous lifetime, you weren't so good uh, with tefillin. On the other hand, you have the flip side. The flip side is, you're attracted to Navera. Here we say, your attraction means, again, that your shlichus is in that attraction, which means to break it and to not follow the and so therefore, you end up having both of these things at the same time. We're able to say both. If you're attracted to something that means an insada of a mitzvah, mitzah saseh, that yeshlichus, you find something really challenging in terms of avera. then that's also a vayta yeshlichus. That's the way to figure out what it is. This. That's the Ramach, goes back all the way to the Ramach, this Nekudah, uh, this Hezber. Now, here's an amazing thing. We answered... The two, uh, to the two of the three because there are any questions so if if, or if Samson Rafal Hirsch was objecting to Gilgal, because it means the nefesh is homeless and doesn't have a place the answer is that's not what Gilgal is Gilgal is not that the nefesh is homeless it has a a place but it has a job to do it and it needs to come back to that so we answered three of the objections but what about the three of objection? so there's a letter that I have about it but the answer that the Rebbe gives is rooted all the way back in Chaim Vitaal already, in Shara, uh, Ha'agul addressed. And He says, It says like this, da, ki bim Although you'll find in all of our books, ki plenine, He came into him, and he came into him. Al ki isha isha in hi tamin. Don't think that the original soul comes from one to two to three. No. Ha'inyin hu, the idea is as follows. Ki'hinei kama sharashim le'en ketz nizchalku neshames b'nead. Souls of people are an infinite amount of roots. U'vishayrish echot, and in each root, yeish kama nitzaites Nishamas le'en ketz. Within each root, you have many different sparks of a neshama. U'vachol gyogo v'gyogo niskanim ksas nitzaites me'am. In every single incarnation of the soul in a body, some of these sparks are fixed. It's those sparks that aren't fixed. And they come they're the ones who come back. Those that were fixed. They don't come back on them, they stay in their station and where they are. What's he saying over here? Saying like this. Let's talk about the let's say Avram. Let's say Avram is the first person. And Avram Avinu has a Nefesh. Okay, So the sake of simplicity, his nefesh, and we're going to say, we're going to make this a little coarser than it is, just for Havana. His nefesh is made up of a hundred sparks. Avraham's made up of a hundred sparks. Okay, fine. Now Avraham has to do mitzvahs. Every mitzvah that he does corresponds with a certain spark. Okay, so let's say Avraham does 50 mitzvahs. Whatever. does 50 mitzvahs. So now 50 of those sparks have been rectified. 50 not. So 50 of those sparks, they go, and the mother in Ghanedin, Of of Avram Avinu, those 50 sparks are there. And they're always there, and they're there forever. And if you want to go talk to Avram Avinu, and you have the ability to go to Eden and to talk to him, you're going to find those 50 sparks. That's Avram. And when Avram is going to come to Vetriyas HaMezim it's going to be those 50 sparks that are going to come into the body of Avram. What about the other 50? They were in Avram, they were in him. Because he didn't do the other 50 mitzvahs, or avayers, however you want to call it. So therefore, they don't go back to the mother, and for that matter, they're not Avram's neshama anymore. They have nothing to do with Avram. They get passed on to Yitzchak. And so now, Yitzchak has 50, those 50 sparks within him, and he, has those, and he does start his avay. Now, if he did 50 mitzvahs, good, so now we're done. That becomes Yitzchak. If he did 25, so then those 25 is Yitzchak's neshama, and the next 25 go on to the next person. And like this, what emerges is that in the Torah of Gilgal, in the main Torah of Gilgal, there's never, there, you don't have a concept of your neshama came into me. It's not. Those words are not right. It's not your neshama came into me. It's an aspect of your neshama that you fail to fix and therefore you lose. That's not part of your identity anymore. That comes me and now I have the opportunity to deal with it and the parts that I rectify, they become mine, they become mine in neshama. They become mine. And the parts that were in me but that I didn't deal with so they were in me, but it's not mine, they get passed on to someone else, and in that sense, you never have, two, no two people are alike, and every person is distinct and different, and automatically it's understood, how, by and every person has their own neshama when they, when they, uh, when they wake up. The Rebbe, when the letter, when he addresses it, says, oh, so does that mean, that uh, Avram had a hundred sparks, and I only have 50, so it means, I, I'm less of a human, less of a soul, he says no, one spark is a, is a full nefesh, each Bark, it contains everything, and so therefore it's, you're not you're, you're not gonna it's not like you're gonna have any less powers or abilities uh, because of so the the, because of that. What was that? The, or the, or the, the, down, down like. the what the best way to describe it? The best way to describe it is my neshama was once in that guy. Was once in that guy, but it's not his neshama, and it's my neshama. Yeah, I'm talking about Triatham Mason now. What was that? Oh, so is going to be each uh, each per, is going to be each person with the, the aspect of their Neshama that they were attacking. The aspects of those parts that they were attacking. Maybe related Neshama, I would say. Related, maybe. Something like that. Okay. Is this related to the, to, how does this relate to the idea of the husband and wife being one Neshama part of one how does it relate to the concept of a husband and wife being one eshamah? Why does it have to relate? I'm not sure. Let me say it like this. In the, in the Sefer of the Arizal, a lot of attention on Gilgal goes to husband-wife questions. Husband-wife, the bashert, this, that, stuff like that. There's a lot of Gilgal that revolves around the issue of who's going to marry whom. But uh, I, I didn't study the subject. Okay, so let's wrap up. And summarize, what was the main thing that we did today? We looked at four objectors to Gilgal. We explained what their background was, why they were objecting, or what their misunderstandings were, why they were objecting, and we showed how in the Kabbalistic model, those questions are Kashame karalasa. It's always an interesting reminder, when you see people disagreeing, the disagreement may not be what they're talking about. There may be something much deeper at the root that really is what's uh, the subject of disagreement. Well, let's conclude now by circling back to the question of suffering, and here is something we touched on in the Sheer last year. We'll just go be kitser now. And that is like this: the Rebbe spoke in the lamiz Asicha, Tav al Aleph, about the Holocaust, and the Rebbe basically explained. The Rebbe explained why. Say the right way. I have to say this the right way. The Rebbe said that. You know, we, we can't understand the Ebishter. It's not something that's uh, understood. The Rebbe also explained the, the Neshama. The nitzhi. The Rebbe mentioned a few things in these, in these talks. Clearly, the Rebbe was stressed that one of these Sabrengs, I believe, Ali Wiesel was present. One was Simchas and one was Yuraof Nisim. Simchas said, one was Tashon Rauf, and one was Tashon Lam At this time, the Rebbe didn't give any explanation. didn't say a, a beer of why the Holocaust happened. If anything, it was you can't expl- explain it. At this time, Rabbi Mangel, Rabbi Nissen Mangel, was He was giving lectures in, uh, uni- in a university in uh, New York University, NYU, I believe, or maybe it's Columbia. And uh, on Gilgal, Gilgal in the Holocaust. I don't know how he had a connection with someone. They asked him to come, and he was a survivor. He's a survivor. So he spoke, and he ex- basically gave them a few lectures, explaining to them what Gilgal is, and said that that I don't know exactly the word that he used. But he explained it according to Gilgal. I never heard his presentation on Gilgal itself, so I'm not sure which explanation he used, whether it was Gilgal from a previous generation that did Averis, or whether it was some other uh, thing, but the beer was a Gilgal explanation. Anyway, here's the Rebbe talking about Fabreng. The Rebbe didn't say, if anything he said, you can not understand, why didn't the Rebbe say Gilgal? So he wrote a letter to the Rebbe, he wrote freely, very often to the Rebbe, And uh, Baruch Hashem, he he gave a picture of his letter with the Rebbe's Ksaviyan in a shura that he gave out uh, for his kid's wedding a few years ago. So he describes, he says, this is what I'm explaining. The Rebbe didn't say it, so am I wrong? That's basically the question that he asked. And the truth is, if you look at all the early Kabbalistic sources, you can totally have a right to say that. There's so much precedent upon which to say that because Mekobalim have been saying that in every generation. And... So the last words of his letter were Baruch Hashem Neskabols the So the Rebbe circled that and wrote Kiva in Shamaminim beside Hagogul. Kiva in Shamaminim beside Hagogul. So now he has to try to What's the Rebbe saying? So I was discussing this with him. I spent a lot of time once in a car, and that's a great place to talk to people because it's a captive audience. What did the Rebbe mean with these words, Kiva Shamamin and beside Hagogul? So he understands Pshat. I recall incorrectly, that this is one beer, why the Rebbe didn't explain, uh, it will come a little clearer soon, why the Rebbe didn't explain, didn't say this at the sabreng. They believe in the secret of Gugulim, your students over there at NYU. But there are other Jews who don't. So now we're going to explain the Holocaust based on something that some Jews don't believe in, that's not going to get you too far. He went, if I recall correctly, he went further, and it's not that they don't believe in Gilgul because they're atheists. They don't believe in Google, and they could point to him a and in daily Israel that didn't accept Google. That's what Rabbi Mandel told me. The way he understands what the rabbi is saying, then that's a reason one. Then the minor continues. The rabbi writes. This he understands as a second reason. The rabbi is giving a second explanation to what? of six million non-neshamis chadoshes. Of course, that had to be nishamas chadoshes. Now we learn. What do you mean? Only the Alte Rebbe. So can it, not only the Alte In every generation, you have neshamahs chadashos. Maybe some of you here are thinking you're a neshamah Of Amongst the six million, there have to have been neshamahs chadashos. So how do you explain the Holocaust for them? Google's not going to be an answer. And the Alte Rebbe suffered, and he was a neshamah chadasha. So Google's not going to work for him. So v'lechayn lo yiskar Therefore, I didn't mention it for these two reasons. This is the way. The, the, this is what the this is the way the minor that it was given okay. to Rabbi Mangal. So it's interesting. Although you do have that long tradition of using suffering, using Gilgal to explain suffering, here the Rebbe is pointing out there's some shortcomings, like the Rebbe, or the fact that some people don't why accept can, the beer. Why can it be a combination of two explanations that there's uh, Gilgal and also misdeeds? Yeah, maybe you could. I mean, I can say that the altar ever, but. You yeah you're not going to say that to the altar ever, but you could always. Uh, Come up with a different a beer. Yeah. Okay, fine. But it's fine, that it's well, not Gilbo. It's not Gilbo, yeah.